0: Hello and welcome to the Dissidents podcast, part of the Institute for Liberal Values. This is where we discuss how we can strive for a world in which freedom and reason are at the forefront of all human society. For last week's podcast, we began the first of a two-part series on a concept called the spiral of silence, which is an attempt to explain why people don't speak up even when they know dangerous things like ideological intolerance and even hatred are well afoot. This is a problem for democracy because it can create an environment wherein people will go along with potentially dangerous opinions rather than challenge them. This week, we will discuss how this concept can apply to people withholding even objectively true factual information in order to protect the interests of an in-group, for example, a country, a company, a university, or even a set of friends. This is the potential to block valuable information, which thereby impoverishes the public debate. Okay hello and today we're going to be talking about self-censorship. So this is probably something that you have almost certainly encountered, you know, when you you make an observation about the world, you notice something and then you feel like you can't express that thing. It's like like for example if um I don't know your wife buys a new dress if you if if you're a bloke or if you're a woman for that matter your wife buys a new dress and you think it looks absolutely hideous or she has a new haircut (laughs) and she says um yeah does does this look great (laughs) Uh, maybe it does look great and you'd say yes yeah it looks great and maybe it doesn't look great and you will likely still say yes it looks great and then find some software of breaking it later down the line or not maybe or not Um, or not um that it doesn't look great
1: so there's it's you know it's a good tool to smooth social relations right it can absolutely be one way of of uh managing uh social relationships
0: so we all do it we all lie at times probably
1: quite a bit probably several times a day we all do this where we hold our tongue um you know, we make a decision not to uh, not to comment on something. Sometimes not to give our opinion. Sometimes, as this author is arguing, not to maybe tell the truth. But sort of like your example, something that you you know is is factually true, um, and and we choose not not to mention it.
0: So we've been looking at an article that discusses self censorship. Not really in terms of you know not telling your girlfriend wife boyfriend whatever that their new t-shirt doesn't suit them quite as much as they believe it does um but in terms of the more political dimension um as i'm sure you've noticed i mean you probably wouldn't be here if you hadn't um it's getting increasingly uncomfortable stroke impossible to even describe reality for example Um, I I think the best example off the top of my head would be uh, the George Floyd protests um, that they led to a massive Ferguson effect in which violent crime skyrocketed um, disproportionately impacting upon African-American communities more than other communities, of course. Um, But you're not supposed to make that observation. That's something that you, you kind of hold your tongue, even though. You know, the evidence is pretty much crystal clear um, and, and there are others. So so this is the kind of self-censorship we're looking at. The, the article we're looking at doesn't actually describe the George Floyd protests. Um, it focuses on on Israel, but, you know, Israel's just an example. Um, you can extrapolate from that pretty much anything. Um, and, and the psychological, the underpinning psychological phenomena, I think, are the same. So would you care to introduce the article, Elizabeth?
1: Um, What's it called? Sure. So, the article's title is Self Censorship as a Sociopolitical Psychological Phenomenon. So, that's a three hyphen sociopolitical psychological phenomenon uh, conception and research. Um, so, the they describe in the in the uh, the the author Daniel Bartol describes the present article provides a comprehensive conceptual framework of self-censorship and examines it from various angles with empirical examples
0: so that's uh
1: the 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 quick and dirty
0: so I guess the first place to start would be to define self-censorship how do the authors (laughs) define it and how do we define it
1: Right so um so the authors suggest that uh or the author I should say it's not I was it's thought, not plural right oh, I it's thought just it was the, plural. No just the one my um, mistake um that um self-censorship is the withholding of a truth so they specific the, the author specifically says That um, self-censorship is defined as the act of intentionally and voluntarily withholding information from others in the absence of formal obstacles. Um, So um, in this case, uh, you voluntarily, you know, censor yourself in order to avoid, um, you know, some sort of uh, public censorship. It might might harm you. It might harm uh, others. It, um, it's, this is not the same in the author's uh, conceptualization as withholding your opinion.
0: Like the dress so, or the t-shirt.
1: Right, in this case, it's specifically withholding uh, known truthful information because it would um, ha- potentially have a negative uh, effect on the self. you know reflect negatively on the 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 revealer of the information because it might have negative implications for some other specific individual or group
0: that it might have wouldn't
1: uh yeah yeah. that it might have negative implications for the in group um, that it might have negative implications for a valued belief that it might have uh implications for a third party person group or society. So that's the um you know self-censorship would be um then carried out in again in this uh author's conception by uh maybe uh gatekeepers um that, that um he writes about uh maybe journalists uh, you know high high powered uh, politicians or um military officers uh and then um you know other and then individuals below them then who make uh, make the decision to sort of follow you know to follow along so
0: I, I can see why he's making that distinction um it is a he i think um why mm-hmm, making that yeah. distinction yeah, yeah. um yeah, david you never know how people gender identify. (laughs) That's true. That's true.
1: Um, (laughs) Daniel. I lied. It's Daniel. Daniel.
0: Daniel. Daniel. Um, uh, So so the author comes from, you know, an Israeli background and is using conflict, looking at war or or, or scenarios surrounding war as the example. Conflicts. Yeah. Yeah. So I I can see why, let's just say he, why he is... um, why why, why he's doing that but 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 even i i think he needs to think a little bit more about what truth is so for example if i was to say um my son is a nice kid is that an opinion or a fact well it's an opinion right right but is it any less true to me than the sun rises in the east right it might even be more true to me like i would spend a lot more time thinking about why my son is a nice kid than I would do thinking about the banal mundane fact that the sun rises in the east it certainly it's it's a more powerful piece of information for me it's more true to me it's more personal to me so, so when we're talking about truths I don't think that we can necessarily neatly I mean we can say that this is subjective and this is objective but we you know subjective truths are also important right
1: well to get back to your um your discussion about, you know, the, the George Floyd and, you know, the Ferguson effect and, and stuff. um, And, you know, like maybe Roland Fryer's research, right. Um, If, you know, if we're talking about, you know, um, sort of, you know, maybe I can't quote chapter and verse, some of those, you know, statistics or something, you know, right off the, you know, off the mark, right. Maybe I haven't memorized those. You Um, can does yeah does that does that mean then that um that it wouldn't be uh, that you know that that's not factual right Right. that that because i don't have at hand you know um a, a list of statistics or something that i couldn't suggest that um or you know say that you know well you know gosh, you know, Roland Fryer's research or, you know, statistics, you know, bear this out. Well, what statistics, you know? And it's like, oops, now I'm in trouble, right? Because I can't, I can't uh, just, just rattle them off. So, yeah, I think there's this, you know, sort of a, a fine, uh, uh, a, not, a, a fine distinction, I guess. Very
0: fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to go too hard on the author, because actually, yeah. I like the paper, but, uh, you know, it's just, I'm nitpicking here. But But, yeah. but even within, like, let's just look at, Israeli defense history for example um even you know even if you look at the the biggest travesty in Israeli defense which was the, the Yom Kippur war the fact that this when when basically Egypt launched a surprise attack on Israel and and despite having inferior military forces managed to really mess Israel up managed to deal the most traumatic day in the history easily the most traumatic day in the history of Israel as a nation state um the fact that they were able to do that was based on israeli intelligence officials having the opinion that they would be incapable of doing that like had israeli intelligence defense officials had the opinion that they were capable of doing that it would never have happened so you know <laughs> opinions are important that was a subjective truth that happened right. to be wrong but it was extremely consequential um so i i, I think that while the author kind of excludes subjective truths um from analysis i don't think there's any basis to do that um even within the context that he himself is referring to which which is israel um so i I think i do do
1: yeah, yeah i do understand again you know as you said you know i understand why he defined it this way it does make his Uh, his argument more clear I think it Uh makes it narrows it so that he doesn't I mean it's already quite a lengthy paper and if he had broadened it further then um, you know then it would have been an even longer and more complicated paper so I do think it makes um, you know this that narrowing sort of helps make it more clear.
0: Then just say that yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just say this this might you know put it down as a footnote this might apply right. subjectively but for expediency right. i'm not That's gonna go answer. into this
1: That's a good point. And of course, we do have the whole section, which, you know, um, I I don't think we should necessarily talk about, like, up front. But, you know, he does have the whole section about how this is not psychological. So, of course, I have a few, you know, uh, you know, a whole section on that, which, again, I think you're right, having if he had made sort of a disclaimer up front that said, you know, here's what this paper is about. Here's what this paper is not about, and I'm going to talk about it. Talk about self censorship in this sort of narrow way. Maybe he also wouldn't have had to describe how it's not psychological. You know, also. It's like so.
0: it's like when somebody says, "No, I'm I'm not angry. I'm really <laughs> right. <not angry." laughs>
1: yeah. Again, back to the uh, back to the the, the uh, life partner thing, right? Oh no, I'm not angry.
0: No. Um, <laughs> It's not psychological like the last paper wasn't about critical social justice. Yes,
1: exactly. Yes.
0: Um, um, uh, um, the lady doth protest yes. too much. Yes. In Shakespearean exactly, terms. Yes.
1: Um, um, so I would love to hear your um, sort of, you know, from your background, your sort of take on some of these uh, <clears throat> just, you know, uh, sort of this long history that he's talking about about self-censorship over long periods of time I and mean, we're not talking about you know a year or you know um you know a, a couple of years not even just during um during a war or just during a um uh you know combat period um, um but
0: so you know, I, I, long
1: I, long time 10 15 20 years well beyond
0: i see it, 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 So he uses, um, so his examples with Israel are particularly interesting. And and it's, you know, he talks about contextual factors, right? Um, And Israel as a contextual factor is is extremely unique. I would probably argue that there has never been a day in which the majority of Israelis have not felt they are at war. Mm-hmm. Like Israel has constantly not not officially, um Israel has constantly been at war. Um so within postmodern thought, for example, there's this idea of um identities changing. So you know in, in Europe, for example, you might identify more with an American. If you're an English person, you might identify more with an American who does certain pastimes that you do. So, for example, if an American is really into hunting and you're really into hunting and you own rifles and you go out and do it and and all of the rest of it, your identity might be more closely aligned with that American than it would be with your fellow Brits. Similarly for Australians. Um, even more so politically if you're an English conservative you know we don't live in a world anymore wherein our interactions are done primarily with the people who exist geographically closest to us right as as we are proof positive right Um, it it exists uh, in a much more kind of multifaceted way we're interacting with people on internet forums on facebook on messenger on zoom via podcasts um and so our identities are aligning differently um what's that meant in in the uk or or in america or, or in australia is that we're identifying more with people who are like us in terms of what we do what we believe rather than our our national sense of identity, our, our sense of patriotism, which has been, especially in the UK, but I think increasingly in America, has been in quite significant decline. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, absolutely. certainly when I was a kid, you know, we used to look at the Americans with waving the American flag, and we thought, "Oh yeah, gosh, I mean, how, how silly!" What July... We used to think.
1: Oh, July 4th, you know, when I was growing up was huge. I mean, just, a, you know, I mean, a huge holiday. And I would say that, you know, now I, I don't think it's just because I'm an adult. I just think that it's not. I didn't see my niece and nephew getting as excited about it. They didn't participate in parades and, and all that kind of stuff. So,
0: Yeah, I mean, I so, I mean, in the UK, we used to look at the Americans with all of that kind of patriotism and think that it was silly. And that's not to say that there aren't Brits who are, deeply patriotic, of course there are, but 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 there aren't very many of them. And I think that there are more Americans who feel like that presently than there are Brits. But it but it does seem to be in decline. So um to so the philosopher I'm channeling here is a guy called Zygmunt Beaumont, um who was one of the later he died a few years ago, um later postmodern thinkers. And 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 he was you know, really looking at why is it that this is deteriorating? Why are you identifying more with i don 't know hip hop music than you are your country um and he was saying that that the state had in many ways ceased to become something that was identified with and admired and cherished and looked up to um a, a kind of a spiritual entity you like and had become more of a kind of a boring administrative unit right not not, not what the, the the wokies would say the wokies would say oh, white supremacy and he, he wasn't saying that but he, he was making a more sophisticated point he was saying that it was more like the water board mm-hmm. you know you, you you understand why it's there and why it exists and it's necessary but beyond that you identify with it no more than you would your local electricity supplier mm-hmm but you do identify with people who have similar opinions or similar uh, hobbies, or you know as you do. Um, so, so from from that point of view, what is it that makes the state? What is it that causes you to identify with the nation state? What is it that causes? So he the, the author notes, like in terms of you know the, the causes for self censorship, um, he would say he said patriotism um zionist ideology he called it right wing i wouldn't necessarily say that zionism is right wing but that's another discussion um so what is it that causes identity with the state any ideas
1: i mean you mean
0: like what what he uh
1: well okay because he doesn't make this
0: clear like he he doesn't he he says that these things cause self-censorship because they call he's basically saying that there is a strong sense of identity that is aligned with israel as a nation state and this causes self-censorship amongst groups. He goes on and says, look, particularly with soldiers, because they're more yes, aligned right. with the
1: state, but so it's not if not just we go, about soldiers. Yeah, so if we go back, if we go in the, the way back machine to when we were talking- way back. <laughs> The way back machine, when we were talking to Spencer Case, right? Yeah. And one of the things that we talked about was this sort of identity overlap with, um, you know, People in the military very much, there's this identity overlap with the, with the military and with, you know, um, with their country and that kind of stuff. Um, and so your, your identity is very intertwined with, you know, like, and like you said, there's a a big difference from between that and sort of like, oh, it's just this administrative, you know, uh, paper pushing, you know, whatever. Oh, you know, bloat. right?
0: Right. Um,
1: And so I do think that the author is making an argument that um, and and, and I think a good one, I think a good article, a good argument that, um, you know, this identification with a group, you know, is providing this explanation uh, because you're doing it, you're doing something that at the same time. Their survey respondents and interviewees say is wrong self censorship okay, so they identify in 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 the their studies, whether it's again whether you know they did a, what a longitudinal study a couple of survey studies that he's citing in here um over and over again the journalists the the everyday people, whoever it is that's in their studies is saying self censorship is is uh, is wrong and it's associated with illiberalism and, um, you know, and, and it's, uh, you know, it, we, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be engaging in that. We should be in a free and open society. And yet they will, those exact same interviewees, survey respondents, um, and such will, uh, will say, we'll, we'll do the qualification. However, in this case, my identif- identification with the group means that I should not share information. I should uh, hide. I, I should hide information because that's what's going to ensure that, um, you know, they they give the example that we keep morale up, um, soldiers morale up, that the the community's morale up, um, people you know who are living in in areas that are in in unrest. That if we share what we know that it will actually make things worse and so while self-censorship is sort of unpatriotic my self-censorship is patriotic
0: so this is really um this is really crucial for israel because if you ask anybody who's studied israeli defense will tell you that self-censorship caused the worst so well known is what caused the, well, not just self-censorship, but there was people who were speaking out and they weren't listened to. So self-censorship and censorship um, caused the worst event, which was the aforementioned Yom Kippur War. And so Israel is understands innately because it, it, it suffered so badly because of self-censorship and censorship, just how important it is that people are able to speak freely. Um, you know, I have a friend in the IDF who told me that, in his unit like if five i can't remember exactly but if five people agreed or they all agreed then the fifth person would have to pretend not to agree and give an argument mm. against it in order to mm-hmm. you know prevent this kind of rot of self-censorship setting in um so they recognize the israelis inherently recognize how dangerous it is because they've suffered from it so what the author does is he you know identifies zionist ideology i mean we can go into that if you like but i mean zionist ideology is basically that you know Israel is the chosen land of the Jewish people and, and, and their homeland. Not always, but it can go there. Or, 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 or there are a kind of atheistic iterations of it, which would be, you know, that it belongs to them and they're a force for good and, you know, it's nationalism essentially. Um, but, but why, so this is the key that I'm, I wanna really dr- drill down on. Why is it that patriotism is causing this? Why is, yeah, okay, so we say that patriotism causes self-censorship, right? that it, it makes you not say something because you don't want to tarnish the image of your country, for example, even though you recognize that your country is doing something bad. So why is this happening in Israel and not so much in the UK, for example? And I, I think there's a clear reason for this and the author doesn't go into it, but I think it's really, 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 really important for what you know, we're talking about, which, which is critical social justice and that is that israel is constantly in a state of war it's mm-hmm. constantly under attack um you know that there, there, there are groups in from from lebanon, lebanon from palestine um iran um historically jordan and egypt you know israel knows that if they let their guard down for just a second they will be invaded you know that they, they, they constantly live in a state of fear it's not like britain or japan um or america like who? who's going to invade america canada mexico you know uh, it's not going to happen um yeah just try it um you know um but but israel really is has always been and remains in in a state of you know existential angst it's constantly under threat and this is what causes the patriotism right? This is what causes the strong identity with, with, with people around you. I think that there have been studies, um, and I can't cite them off the top of my head, but there, there have been studies done with wolves, for example. Um, and if you have lone wolves, and you introduce the sound of just via a speaker of a pack of wolves howling in the distance, they will quickly form a pack, mm-hmm. right? They will quickly band together in order to kind of face off against an external threat. And this is what I would argue would be causing the strong, tense sense of patriotism that then would encourage self-censorship. And I think this is kind of vital to our analysis here, because a couple of podcasts ago, we did terror management, right? Mm -hmm. Where we looked at, well, okay, why are people really suddenly buying into critical social justice now? You know it was a problem before the pandemic but why are they buying into it during the pandemic well because there is an, a sense of existential threat there's covid out there covid is threatening to kill you there's you know somebody's being killed in minneapolis um they they argue that this is indicative of a wider social problem this sense of existential crisis of angst i would argue is the same in israel as well as genuinely under threat um whereas the critical social justice people the threat may or may not be real it doesn't matter whether it's real but they perceive it as being real or or at least the non-machiavellian narcissistic ones do um and that that's what creates the cohesion i would argue
1: um i did not make that connection and i really like that connection i agree with you um (laughs) so i mean what is what does he describe here you know uh uh this um you know social identity you know sort of you know this overlap that I was you know talking about how the individual's self concept is you know sort of intertwined you know with membership in some group, whether you know um he's talking about you know the the feeling of belonging, the willingness to belong, so you have to you know like this is something you you know where you You want to be in the group, Uh, the importance ascribed to belonging, um, the uh, emotional attachment that you feel to the group, the commitment to benefit the group, um, uh, considering the group as having highly valued qualities and deferring to the group's norms and cultural symbols. Um, So there's this sort of this, as you just described, this sort of sense of common fate right? That draws us uh, us together, sort of concern for the welfare of the collective that, that, you know, that might be driving this. Now, the author points out, and, um, you know, I, I think this is really, uh, this, I, you know, I put a little note here, that not only, though, is this an argument for self-censorship, but it is also an argument for, uh, or, or, you know, some of the reason for um, whistleblowing, And I think uh, I, you know, I put a note on here because it's like, you know, there are, uh, you know, there are those of us, perhaps, you know, the two of us who, you know, would be, uh, you know, essentially whistleblowing, but we're doing it for the same reasons. Right the same reasons and and I, I really appreciated that he acknowledged that here now he doesn't go into it and he really there's just a few little he sprinkles it a couple of places you know throughout saying you know well look um, you know there also is this argument that that's why people do come forward and I, I you know I think that uh, a lot of times people like us are misunderstood um, as being you know rabble rousers and and you know like uh, worse, much worse right called much worse um when in fact
0: racist
1: right exactly yes transphobic Um,
0: even though i've never said anything about trans
1: people really right um but you know uh, accused of that or or you know when when a um when when we don't self-censor you know um when we and you know when and by not self-censoring, that could be anything but from just, you know, uh, interrupting uh, the the flow of, you know, of of what we think is uh, maybe exaggerated or you know, patently false, um, or or any or simply anecdotal evidence, you know, without proper backup um if, all the way up to you know really you know arm waving and you know uh you know getting getting a lawyer involved like everything you know in between there i think sometimes can be uh and and is in the case of of critical social justice uh labeled as a a version of unpatriotic right so it's you know exactly
0: it, yeah because critical um, social justice is weirdly patriotic american patriotic it's inversely patriotic right so so you know the 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 old-fashioned american patriots would say that um america is the home of the the free and the brave and it's the most wonderful beautiful place in the world and it's but but underneath that is it's such an important place right but the critical social justice advocates wouldn't disagree with that fundamentally they wouldn't say it's the right. home of the free and the brave, but they wouldn't dispute its importance in terms mm-hmm. of the kind of consequences it, it can make in the world out there. They would instead see it as an evil empire that is doing all of these bad things and is in control of everything. Right. So it's kind of an inverse patriotism. And this is why you and get. So some... it's,
1: it's, it's there. It's, it's this movement then that must be, you know, sworn allegiance to and, and,
0: you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why you get because somebody like, what's
1: that's what's yeah. going to restore sort of the greatness. This, this, you know, we are the answer to the to restore the greatness. Well, not necessarily uh, restore,
0: because they wouldn't have seen anything good within America in the first place.
1: Well, I mean, restore the uh, reputation,
0: I guess. The I, I, uh, I mean, I I, I I think that you know there are some exceptions within the movement. I mean, um, Marlene Massada, who's one critical social justice advocate who would identify with people, with the founding fathers and some of the messages that they, albeit in a very strange way, um, that I wouldn't agree with, but but nevertheless, she at least plays lip service to it. Um, Charles Mills as well, um, you know, talks about all of the problems with America, but says nevertheless that, you know, liberalism and American liberalism has been of a great benefit to the world. Um, but I think that those two are outliers really Mm -hmm. Um, and more generally if you look at the most consequential authors which are the likes of you know and again I I keep going back to this point people will say oh you're picking on D'Angelo and and, and Kendi when you know they're not sophisticated thinkers yeah they're the ones that have the influence
1: yeah yeah
0: they, they they're are the ones out. who sell the books. They are
1: low-hanging fruit, but, you know.
0: No, no, but but it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. You know, right. if you're addressing a social movement, you, you, you know, you, you address the causes. You address the most, most consequential parts of that movement. The most consequential parts are, are not the most nuanced thinkers, unfortunately. Right. You know, if the most nuanced thinkers <clears throat> were the most con- consequential people within the movement, the movement wouldn't be what it is now. Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have the problems that we had now right you know if you had you know god rest his soul charles mills in charge of everything you wouldn't get all of these cancellations just wouldn't happen um you know but sadly he's not in charge of that movement or he hasn't it it is the 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 low-hanging fruit the Candies and D'Angelos. and and i'm i'm sorry about that but those are the people we have to engage with
1: Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm um so anyway, I just wanted to mention that that you know this is kind of you know um, uh, sprinkled throughout. Also, I thought, um, I mean, I don't I don't know if you want to talk about this or not, but um, the author suggests that uh, not that that self censorship is actually sort of against um, I don't know to use the term loosely. I guess evolutionary, you know. Um, uh, progress evolutionary development um psychological development so you know um f- well physical also but you know this idea that that we are uh, our makeup um we have learned over over time that um that we need to share okay that we need to share for survival purposes right physical sur- survival we need to you know share information to help to help one another um but then there's also these psychological benefits therapeutic benefits i mean for example and you know what i was going to look up this article it may be harbor and penny baker but um that when a, a holocaust survivor was telling their survival story to an audience they actually hooked up the um the survivor the, the teller of the story um, to, you know, galvanic skin response and, and which is a, you know, a measure of, you know, um, the, the sweat and, and stuff, you know, and um, you know, heart rate and and that kind of thing. So they were measuring the physiological responses of the teller and the physiological responses of the listeners. And what happened was the teller's uh, uh, markers of stress uh, reduced So, as they were telling their story, they actually showed a reduction in stress, and the listeners had um, an increase in stress response. So, the idea would be that, so in in this article, they were talking about how essentially the listeners are now witnesses to the trauma, okay? They have become witnesses. And as a witness, then you have, you know, some, you have social responsibilities and, and as a, as a, as as a listener, you have caretaking responsibilities. And as the teller, you have then shared your pain. You have made more sense of it. You've been able, we were actually just talking before we started the podcast about storytelling, right? You have now. Uh, created a story out of chaos and that that is extremely beneficial to your health. Um, so we have sort of these important um, sort of evolutionary, you know, human evolutionary um, benefits to telling and that it is, it is uh, sort of a, against our nature to self uh, to self censor. And so um, I thought he did a, a, a pretty good job in a very short little area there sort of arguing that self-censorship, um, would be difficult for people. It's difficult to hide these secrets sometimes. And it is that collect, it has to be a motivated, you know, um, uh, is reason.
0: It though... <laughs> um okay. The most powerful experiences a person can have would very, have you ever? Um, and the, the, there's m- one of my favorite sculptures, it's in Rome. Um, it's d- done by a guy called uh, Bernini, chiseled out of marble. It's called The Ecstasy of St- Saint Teresa. Uh, and Saint Teresa would have these religious fits, probably caused by some kind of um brain abnormality, some kind of epilepsy or something like that. But she would have these religious fits, like epilepsy of the frontal lobe. Is that the one that causes these? grand grand religious visions.
1: Oh uh, um, yes, and it can be, yes.
0: Absolutely. Right. And and, and so um there's a, a statue of her, it's absolutely beautiful with all the kind of the folds and the cloths and she's black back like this and she's had this having these religious visions that we would now recognize probably as epilepsy of the frontal lobes. But back then she was touched by God. That sure. was so she was reporting an experience, a powerful experience that wasn't true so you know he's arguing that it's important for us to 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 share experiences well sure but does it matter whether or not these experiences are true
1: um I don't think in his in in this section of the paper that that it does to him I think that he's making I think he's making the argument that it's um you know uh that it it builds community to so, right. so, so, so lying so l- essentially lying not telling the truth um you know uh harms community right and uh telling um you know uh, and and even telling again sort of like in my example of witnessing like we don't know uh for sure that the um you know that the we don't know that what we recall is all true I mean, in fact, you know, we could have a whole nother podcast about how, you know, reconstructive memory is probably it contains lots of falsehoods. Right. So that doesn't mean that it's not useful, um, you know, uh, for
0: society. Well, so like if I if we look at like the one of the most ancient human practices is religion. Right. So Mm -hmm. if you are a Christian or you're a Muslim or you're a Hindu um you believe that your religion is the true one and so therefore everything that happens around you all of these religious visions and so on and so forth that's all true so let's just say i i I give you that you have that everything you believe is true you would still have to concede that the vast majority of religions and therefore the vast majority of religious people believe in false things that it's all made up right so all of those communities that have sprung up other than your religion have been sprung up around people telling each other lies. I mean, that conclusion is surely inescapable, no? Like, like it would have to be so that the most ancient of human practices, let's say, um, for, from the Stone Age, have sprung up around people telling each other lies and self-censoring and not, not telling each other contrary information, contrary religious mm-hmm. perspectives, like your own, for example.
1: i guess i can't i can't really argue that i i still i still um so
0: i i get that I, 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 i i i get that telling stories is important i like i'm not not disputing that but people so
1: so but i mean we can we can we may be going like too far on a tangent here but so um i think that uh If we took your religion argument, you know, um, there certainly are many um, examples of how, you know, telling that, like, maybe some of those religious untruths are more like the, you know, that dress looks nice on you, dear, right, where we certainly can talk, talk about, you know, Uh, much larger religious untruths and self-censorship that led to, you know, an entire colony to drink, uh, you know, drink tainted Kool-Aid, right? And so um, that's his example of when self-censorship, you know, harms the community and is, you know, is is no longer... you know these sort of like telling the truths to each other um telling our own truths giving you know giving passing on information um you know folk psychology basically is valuable
0: well let me, um, yeah, let, let me give you an example and let me tie it very closely to self-censorship and let me give you an example nearby where you are right now massachusetts salem are you trying to tell me that like the, a few of the people in Salem during those witch trials didn't think, "Holy fuck, this is a load of bollocks"? <laughs> like, must some of them must have realized that this was all complete nonsense?
1: Oh yes, no, I'm. I mean, I, I don't know. We may be at cross purposes here, but you know, like he's arguing that sharing troubling events is a good thing, and that that is that sh- that is the the that that should be the default and that that that's that's what's good for the community that you know um you know sharing these uncomfortable you know thoughts that that um that self-censoring is is the is the abnormal um not the not Uh, the uh, not the default
0: i get what he's saying i get and and i agree with what he's saying insofar as self-censorship is is bad you know, um, no problems there. You know, identifying problems and being honest with them. Um, it, just to uh, give you an example, if your partner is cheating on you, um, you would hope that one of your friends would tell you the painful truth, right? And it would harm you in the short run, but but it would have better outcomes in the long run. Um, I, I, I'm not disputing that. What I'm saying is that he seems to be, uh, you know, if, if my understanding of his take is correct, he seems to be arguing that there's something against human nature with self-censorship I, I, i'm not sure i agree with that
1: um yeah i think that i think that he that he is sort of you know i think against, it's
0: very much in human that, nature to self-censor um, it's ser-
1: that that uh that self-censorship is sort of um on
0: un- you could argue it's unethical sure i'd go with that you can yeah. argue that it's from from a but, deontological yeah. point of view or a consequential point there's of view? So,
1: there's so much psychological evidence that sharing that, you know, um, again, you know, sort of, uh, you know, oral history and all that kind of stuff that it's, you know, there's this long history um, of it, you know, benefiting uh, society. And that, so I, I think he's trying to set up this idea that self-censorship is, um, should be, i guess adaptive. should be an an anomaly um right, so, so, and and you and, and used for you know uh, used in particular circumstances for particular ends that but the, that it's not sort of not the default for most people that most people would would want to be uh telling
0: i think he's i think he's completely wrong i think that um self censorship is adaptive for the group sorry, sorry. Oh, self Self-cens- yes. self-censorship is maladaptive for the group but adaptive for the individual
1: no i i agree and i think that's what he's i actually think that is what he's saying that for that that for the health of the group but there's also for the health of again for the health of the individual it is best you know oftentimes to tell although even in your marriage example you know um uh you know uh i think there's an you know uh a pretty strong argument to be made that if that affair was 10 years ago you just keep your mouth shut because if you're happy <laughs> yeah, maybe. If you're happy now you just keep your mouth shut right because uh-huh. the only person you're helping is your own guilt by telling now you're only helping your own guilt you're not you're not helping the, but, uh, but the marriage let's so.
0: but let's put this in perspective of what we talk about which is critical social justice you know if you let's say if you had a niece or a nephew who was just going into academia and they said, I really need to speak out against all of this woke nonsense and all of this cancellation and bullying. Would you advise them to speak out against it? I most certainly would not. I most
1: certainly <laughs> would not. No, 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 no. I, I, However, <laughs> I do, I still do believe that that is what is best for the group. Right. So even so exactly what you're saying, Uh, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then here's the thing, like, I would encourage that person to talk to me about it, to talk to people in private about it, right? To share, you know, in, in, in areas of their life where it's safe to share those things, not to, not to withhold them not to bottle them up, but to share them because there's our, because their health will benefit. And, um, and so will their, uh, that community where they're sharing that will benefit that smaller, you know, that maybe family unit or whatever.
0: So again, for the most part, self-censorship is adaptive on an individual level.
1: I think you're right.
0: And that's horrific
1: it is it's it's (laughs) a little bit sad
0: yes um uh, so so so, so why is it that individuals like us just say sod it like we know it's maladaptive and we do it anyway we we speak out anyway What, what why is it that we do it
1: uh i mean i definitely don't uh I I definitely see myself self censoring. I had to listen to an entire hour of oh yeah you know of how uh, well t- just two recent department meetings. One I had to listen to an entire hour of why there's no uh, research going on in the department anymore. Uh, right in front of me, the person who was you know doing at a minimum at any given time consuming 70% of the subject pool with her labs research who was canceled. So I'm not, you know, so 70 at the minimum, 70% of the the lab research that was going on in the department was done by me. I had to listen to an hour of people just saying that they didn't know why. And I didn't speak up. Um, and then I told you just a couple of weeks ago, I had to listen to an hour about how we're all so horribly I'm so racist. Exhausted.
0: I'm so exhausted. You know, it's yeah. so difficult for me to say this. Oh, exactly. You know, please validate yes. my feelings. I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted, oh, I'm, I I'm have exhausted to tell you but I'm going to keep truths.
1: going on. In fact, go I have on, power
0: and on and, and on. on and on. In fact, and here's on. my
1: my PowerPoint presentation about how racist <laughs> you
0: all are. And it's just so. so difficult. I didn't
1: I didn't say anything. And again, the, here's the thing, though. In this uh, in this article, uh, Bartol says that that is not self censorship. Mm. So the reason that, that so here's the thing. So Uh, The uh, the author is saying that when you feel that speaking would be futile, when it is useless, when it is, um, uh, you know, I I mean, I'd have to find the exact um, when essentially when it's um, uh, when you don't care enough, when you're, you know, just, you know, uh, beaten down. That that's not in in this again in this author's very narrow definition, that would not be self censorship, um, because you have decided that it is not information that is that is um, that would inform the group you know that would be received or that would be um, you know that you decide isn't is important enough or that you think other people would th- would think is important enough. So they're really talking about um, you know self censorship in uh to protect the group um you know to protect the self to protect mostly to protect the group. So the self is is only one in this article in this particular article the self is only one of six uh reasons why you would self-censor so i think that there, there are here. six and um five, am i right that there it? i think it's five, five? okay five speaking so out this, my
0: yeah, I can run through them. Speaking out might very well make them a target. That's the first one. That's the um, one that we're talking. Yeah, yeah, it would have negative implications um, for those members of the group who had made the allegations, um, as well as those who had gone along with the allegations, whether they knew mm-hmm. them to be bogus or not. Um, this is me paraphrasing, not quoting. Yeah. Um, it may cause a bigger conflict within uh, the group and chaos. You know, so mm-hmm. like for example one person might say you know oh if you were to talk out at this oh I'm so exhausted like how many times have I heard the same speech (laughs) they say the same things oh you're so exhausted and that's why you're going through this again and again and again and again at length um right you know um but you know somebody in the group like like okay here's here's if you were to object I wouldn't I would be on your side of course but if I was to object, if I was to object to you objecting, he would be in my objection. Oh, for God's sake, just let them get it over and done with. I know it's a load of bollocks. I just want to go home. I just want to go home. I don't want to have all of the chaos and all of the difficulty of sorting out this shit. If I have to be on your side, I'm going to be on your side. But just don't don't cause an issue. It's like, you know, like uh, when you're an undergraduate and um, it's the end of class and somebody is asking questions just... it's like you can wait till the end and then ask the question. And they're asking, you know, if they're asking an interesting question, fair enough. But often it's just like, oh, look at me. I'm asking the question. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I remember getting annoyed with that. It's like, shut but the again,
1: fuck up. Yeah. But again, the author really suggests that that's not the kind of self censorship that that he's, uh, you know, and and that that's, um, you know, they're, yeah. So that's. Um,
0: that's what I I, I'm not saying I, I
1: agree. I'm not saying I agree. I'm sure, just sure, sure, that sure, sure, You're saying you're not, you know. You're not,
0: that's what I read. His one of his courses being. Maybe I was wrong. Um, the next one would be it may, and this is important. It may undermine a cherished and or political politically expedient belief, such as universities in North America are the bastions of white supremacy, for example. Right. You know,
1: and so if I yes, yeah, so if I had interjected then, you know, um, it would have, you know, hurt their sensey-poo little feelings.
0: Right. I mean, like, I mean, let's just quickly go into the claim, right? Um, you know, are there white supremacists at universities in America? I'm sure there are. Yes, um, I'm sure there are. Are there white supremacists in every segment of America? I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are there too. However, are there relatively few <laughs> in universities compared to all other segments of American society, yes, I'm pretty sure that there are there are almost compared to other segments of American society, there are basically close to nothing. You know, there right. are one or two there, but there aren't very many. And those who are there, I'm very confident will be self censoring all the time as a what? consequence of their environments being hostile to them. Whereas those people who want to say that these contexts are racist can claim that they're exhausted and go on and on and on because the context is receptive to that kind of belief so yeah it may undermine so people don't speak out because it may undermine a a cherished either they believe it or perhaps a politically expedient belief um and then and here is another serious and maybe more earnest one it may harm an allied category of people right So you may think that this person banging on about how exhausted they are and how difficult it is to share something that everyone is listening to. Um, You may think that it's nonsense, um, but you may think I'm not going to speak out against this because this person is standing up to racism, whether they are or not, I would say they're not but but maybe you believe right. that they are right. um, and that's an important thing to do and I certainly agree that that is an important thing to do you should stand up to racism as and when you experience it or encounter it so you may not want to speak out because of that so I think those were the the um that was under his category for um because he talks about two kinds of self censorship doesn't he? he talks about um conformity uh
1: well yeah but I wanted to mention before we get mm. to the the um conformity compliance and obedience i wanted to talk about because this goes this speaks to what we were just talking about that one of his um criteria is that if there's no dilemma then it's not self-censorship so you must experience a dilemma in order for so you have to have uh the the third psychological braces of self-censorship um refers to this dilemma a person is aware of possessing new, unexposed information that is relevant to society and should be revealed, but at the same time is aware that revealing that information violates another principle, norm, dogma, ideology, or value that may cause harm. So, I, I, again, you know, he, he's sort of saying, like, essentially, if the, inf- if, if the information is not worth sharing, uh, won't have any effect um, you know, then if they're, if you're not in, in a dilemma about whether to share the information, then you're not self-censoring. So yeah. I, I'm not saying that I agree, but that dilemma is very, uh, key, you know, in, in his argument that, that the person has, that's a, that's a criteria. Dilemma. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you that I think, um, it's, it's, uh, it's on a, you know, almost automatic behavior that, um, it you know, that I, I'm not as, uh, as convinced, uh, about the dilemma. Um, angst. I, I, definitely experienced angst. I don't know that I, ex- you know, in those two meetings, I don't know that I experienced a dilemma. Um, I was certainly personally frustrated and, and that kind of stuff, but it wasn't necessarily a dilemma. Yeah. I did believe that it would be better, not worse for them to hear it, but I didn't believe that it would make a difference.
0: Um,
1: and that it might, any difference that it made would probably, it would, uh, it would only be harmful uh, to me. It would
0: harmful to you, yeah. What right. Would happen-
1: that it, what? Wouldn't, it wouldn't, if I thought it would make a difference and be harmful to me, then I might do it, right? Um, if I didn't think it would be harmful to me... And I just thought, well, it's not going to make a difference, but I think that people should hear it because the more you hear something, the more open you become to it. Then maybe I would have done it. But the fact that I thought there's no, it will have no effect and except to be harmful to me, that I decided to self censor.
0: I think it. But he would
1: argue that that's not self censorship.
0: I think, I think that, I don't know, but I think that it might have had an effect. Albeit one that would come at a horrendous cost. Yeah. So, um, but then again, I don't know because like your situation is very different to mine. Um, So when you were bullied, I mean, I I would argue you still are being bullied, but I was going
1: to say were, let's not use
0: past tense. I mean, when, when, when (laughs) let's say it was at its apex point, um, when the cancellation was at its apex point, um, when it all started exploding um, nobody sided with you no and you you didn't s- s- lash back out at see see what they would have wanted you to do would be to lash out at them and, and start telling them to fuck off and, and and you're wise enough not to do that because that's then they would have, oh we're such terrible victims rah, 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 rah. what you could have I mean so i don't you know your situation is different to mine right so when i spoke out against well you didn't even speak out right you you had something that was seized taken completely out of context um it was a piece of reported speech you weren't even you weren't making an assertion it was a piece of reported speech that was taken uh, completely out of context clearly um in a machiavellian way
1: within within the body of a of a survey document yeah uh, you were just looking at
0: what is the effect of this speech and that speech you weren't saying that this speech is true or not true you weren't making any statement about it right so it was a piece of reported speech that was deliberately taken out of context in a clearly Machiavellian way so that somebody could then post it up online lie that you were asserting this thing to be true so as to gain social status and then that worked and all of these people just went along with the lie Um, even though Maybe some of them actually believe the lie to be true, but anybody—and shame on them! Because you know, if you're just going to believe something like that without checking, right. any kind of person yeah. you call yourself an academic, really? Right? Um, you, that your that your your level of evidence-based thinking. Um, so shame. So you're either an idiot, um, a coward, um lazy. Okay, lazy. Lazy. Yeah, um, yeah, lazy and idiot, or a coward, or or, or just. A a, a a nasty person really yeah. um so that was your experience my my experience was a bit different um I was essentially in it was an online meeting, but it was a meeting um which was very similar to the one you were just in, not not what what caused your cancellation, but the one in which yeah, somebody was reason, saying, I'm so yeah. exhausted rah, 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 rah. Right. and i spoke up i i didn't uh, you know i just said really, what's your basis for this i didn't i didn't say. This is not what you're experiencing. I didn't invalidate them. I just said, what's your basis for this? And that was enough for them to go completely crazy um, and, you know, go out of their way to try and wreck my life. But I was lucky because in in my context, people saw what they were doing. In real time. In real time. Yeah, it was in that. Maybe that's the difference. It was was in real time and it was all in a a record. There was like a whole chat log for it. People Mm -hmm. saw what they were doing. Even people who didn't like me and liked them, Mm -hmm. and just said, "No, this isn't on." It was a key difference. So you know that. So so what I was going to suggest is that you're in a situation like that where that kind of meeting is going on. If you say something, then in my case, what it did was brought on immense personal cost to me as an individual because they just went Mm -hmm. after me with everything they could. and it was highly highly stressful but it did make a difference because those people who would have said before cancel culture doesn't exist you know it's just people speaking right right. they'd now seen it
1: right they would
0: now witnessed it they couldn't deny it was a thing anymore Mm -hmm. and they probably still don't like me but they, they they now know that that you know critical social justice exists and it's a problem um so you know whether you're prepared to pay that Price is another thing entirely right. and and, and, and right. if you're not that's perfectly cool but i i you know that that that's what happened in my context but given that <laughs> you didn't even object to anything and basically your whole <laughs> consolation cancellation was based on an outright fabrication um just completely like, yeah. out of nowhere people made it up um then you know i maybe if you had have said something it would have had no impact whatsoever apart from or made it worse or just made it worse yeah yeah maybe nobody would have stood up god what a place to work (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah
1: um so um so have we talked about i don't think we're still not at the uh have we talked about other do we want to talk about any of the other motivations we you kind of went through the motivations right so we're We've, um, uh, you know, we're sort of through that piece. And we've talked a little bit about, you know, the protections of Israelis, you know, positive self-image, right? As Which is a, understandable. You know, right. Um, the motivation of Israeli Jewish citizens intended to protect the in-group, uh, protection of, um zionist ideology so this this you know the soldier needs a sense of purpose um the duty of education is to bring the soldier to willingness uh protect the zionist na- uh, narrative uh institute in uh, institutional norms um protecting uh sort of the protecting the state feeling like you're a part of the organizational fabric of the state see this and one's then, quite of important course, you know yeah. The
0: institutional norms, I think, are quite important. So, what 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 the paper talks about is a um, a study in which they're looking at, you know, a hypothetical situa- situation where you are a civilian observer and you see Israeli soldiers going out and attacking, physically abusing some Ill- innocent Palestinians. Um, and they found that if you're a citizen observer, you were more likely to whistle blow. If you were a soldier observer, you were less likely to whistle blow. So the institutional norms, this this idea, is that you believe that you are a part of an an institution, and if you believe and you identify with that institution, you are less likely to blow the whistle. So, for example, um, if the people that you worked with saw what happened to you, and they had come in as an independent observer of the university, perhaps. Sent by the government, they would be more likely to put their hands up and say, Hold, you know, the same individual would be more likely to put their hands up and say, Hold on, something's not right here. Um, right. And they would be at, embedded as a tenured academic at the university.
1: Right, right. And um, already entrenched, um, you know, sort of in the movement, right? So there's, right. you know, well, um uh, and of course fear of sanctions um you know that's that's keep you know what we keep uh coming back to so yeah. um and 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 again in this author's you know we just have to that for for this author um it has to be um unspoken you know sort of a you know could be agreed generally agreed upon but not uh, sort of not really um uh, spoken, uh, necessarily allowed. Um, so, you know, like this is, you know, one of their interviewer, interviewees said, I'll call it political pressure because there was constantly the concern um, uh, that there would be scandal. Uh, many things could have been done to us. They could have told us, um, uh, we're sick of you uh, journalists uh, being here. So this sort of idea that it could happen um, uh, as, you know, sort of fear of sanctions, but no formal sanctions exist, but that they're, you know, that, that there's that, uh, fear of it. And yeah, that I, I really liked that study where they observed, they had the, the, um, the participants observing the interaction and, and deciding whether, I mean, you know, it's one, it's a little bit different though, in, in a, in a study, right. Where you can, you know, you say, oh yeah, I would speak out, you know, and
0: uh yeah but if they're noticing an effect even in a hypothetical study right then you'd have to conclude that in reality the effect would be even stronger
1: yes um well yeah we would hope so um because you're in the safety of a lab which is different yeah um so uh then we get in the paper, unless you're unless you you don't want to go there yet.
0: No, sure, the, go anyway. The
1: uh, the author is arguing um, that uh, this is that this self censorship is not uh, related to some really um, you know I think uh, well researched um, sort of general principles in psychology. That, um, you know, of conformity, compliance, and obedience. Um, there's not a lot of, I mean, this is, this is, it's clearly this, the section, it's not super long, but it's, it, but it's clearly this author's assertion. So um, he doesn't cite articles that back up his you know, um, his position. It is, this is, but this is definitely his position. He's making it clear that he does not believe that self-censorship is, um, an example of, uh, so we'll start with conformity. Okay. So, um, you know, now he does, he does cite, um, you know, uh, sort of, a, a you know, famous, uh, conformity researcher. So conformity is the tendency to change one's beliefs, attitudes, or behaviors to match those of others who are in the majority. So that's the definition that uh, that he's using here. Well, we should um, say and,
0: perceived to be in the majority, right?
1: uh,
0: uh we should say, I and mean, he's not saying that. We should say that. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes.
1: So, um, and he's, you know, again, sort of making the uh, distinction between private conformity, which would be, you know, you you actually accept, you know, that the attitude of the majority or public conformity where you simply, um, you know, uh, don't object. Right. Um, so, um, so yeah, so this little, pa- this paragraph at the beginning where he's defining conformity and defining informational, um, and, uh, normative conformity. So informational conformity is when we, and I think this is really relevant, uh, to, um, critical social justice. Um, informational conformity is when, when we're not sure. Right. And so we defer to, you know, maybe the majority or, you know, an outspoken, well, an outspoken, well-spoken, maybe person, um, because we aren't sure what I'm not really sure how common uh, you know, um, how maybe how common racism is in police work, and so I you know I listen to someone who you know who seems to be who seems to have knowledge on the, the subject, and so I conform because that person is more in you know appears to be more informed, is an expert uh, that kind of thing. So that would be informational conformity where we're not really sure. Um, how to interpret our environment or whatever there's some really uh, famous um, studies on on that um, and then normative um, uh, conformity where we um, we go along uh, sometimes rather mindlessly you know um, you know fashion is an example where you know
0: I've got well, a great example every... I've got yeah. a great example from Japan yeah. like um I was with a friend. Years ago, and a new donut shop had opened, and um there was a huge line outside the donuts. And she didn't actually really like donuts, but she had to join the line to get right. the donuts from the donut shop yeah. because, like, everybody was doing it. Everybody's like, oh, doing it. it, oh, must, it. Be it good. There must be Must yeah. be something amazing about it. <laughs> you know, yes. She ate yeah. the donut, and she was like, <laughs> eh. "Yeah, yeah." Um, um,
1: um, okay, so um so here's the arguments that this author is saying. Um, you know, that he's making. Um, So he's saying that um, self-censorship is not related um, to the perception of being in the minority or the majority. Instead, self-censorship is the understanding that providing the information might hurt the in-group. So conformity would be, again, in this author's, you know, it's just that your view would not be accepted by society, um, where self-censorship might actually hurt society. So being accepted by society versus that it might hurt society. So, um, so, con- uh, so saying that, you know, society members, um, so in self-censorship, it's not about the majority belief. Um, it's about, again, sort of harming Uh, other other people so I don't know how you how you feel about that but it's uh you know that that's a you know he's making a a distinction between um conforming because we the um we want to fit in I guess not rock the boat um versus we don't want to harm uh, cause harm
0: i think individuals are quite nefarious
1: well i mean i In general. I, I really do think i don't know i mean i think that um that that i do believe that self-censorship can can simply be a a rather mindless act of conformity um Sometimes. A rather it, this is exactly your ex- your perfect example earlier the was donut. like Just no, not the donut. Actually, I was thinking of the meeting where you're thinking, you know what, I want to get out of this meeting as fast as I can. Um, Maybe, maybe I'm actually scrolling on my, on my, like, I'm in this meeting, but I'm not really paying attention. I'm, you know, like, I just, one of the things that that speaking out does is it's going to use up cognitive resources that you can spend thinking about what you're going to get at the grocery store on your way home, you know, I mean, you know, you're thinking up, um, you know, in terms of an academic meeting, your next class or, you know, uh, that kind of thing. So I do think that there's, um, there's a sense of, um, of, you know, sort of momentum, sort of, you know, uh, that, that comes that, you know, that's conforming and other people aren't speaking. And so you don't you don't speak either. That is the donut shop example. Right. And I also think that there's an, an aspect of informational conformity where you start you, you you're kind of looking around um, um, and um you know, this is when, you know, you ask your students, you say, what questions do you have? Right. You know, it's like, Oh, I just introduced this new topic. What questions do you have? And nobody asks a question and there's this sense of, of, they call it pluralistic ignorance, right. Where everybody else thinks that that each person thinks that everybody else understands. Right. And so when, you know, and this happens to us in, you know, maybe in those kinds of meetings that we were talking about, or when, um, You know when one somebody's being cancelled it's like well i don't know the whole story i don't know enough and those people seem to know what's going on and so i defer you know i defer to to those people so i do think that there's um that uh that there's an aspect of
0: um, sure 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 fine um but let me give you another example so in one of the events that led up to my cancellation um a person in question had gone through that long, I'm exhausted. All that kind of nonsense. And then at the end, they said that was really hard to write. I would appreciate some validation. Mm-hmm. Like, and the person was asking for likes, right? So people to click like, 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 like on, on what that person had written. Um, and some of the people, many people did validate that. Now, right. maybe some of them genuinely thought that that person was actually exhausted. Um, Maybe, probably not. Maybe one or two. Um, but among the people who clicked the like were people who knew that individual was not only being manipulative, but was actually toxic, like really toxic, so because that individual that, latched out.
1: Right. And again, like, uh, you know, this author would argue. That that doesn't fit, but that would be um, not conformity, but compliance, right? So compliance is when you know somebody specifically asks you to do something. You don't, you know, you you would prefer not to. You don't, you know, you you, uh, but you do, um, you do anyway. So that's not just conformity, but that's compliance, where someone has asked you and you comply, um, even though you would. Uh, you'd rather not, so I agree with you. Again, this author says no um, that that would not be <clears throat> that that compliance doesn't uh, doesn't fit here. Um, but I, I agree with you. Um, so um, that so here's another argument for why it's not uh, specifically in this case uh, conformity. Um, in the case of conformity, um, uh, group members do not express either an opinion or information where self-censorship is the withholding of uh, knowledge uh, that is viewed as truthful. So he's, I mean, this is what we were talking about earlier, right? Where he's saying that an opinion, uh, uh, withholding an opinion is not self-censorship. Uh, self-censorship is only the withholding of knowledge. So uh, self-censorship does not include opinions because it is clear. Get this. This is, I, I mean, I put an exclamation point by this self-censorship does not include opinions because it is clear that group members are entitled to hold different opinions and they are subjective reflections in contrast to validated information that does not work with uh critical social justice no no because it is definitely not clear at least in my life maybe it's clear in your life but it it doesn't it doesn't work
0: even within the, the the realm of israeli defense either like okay well understood that there are these pressures in 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 israeli defense and it's well understood that this led to the most traumatic day in israeli history um and that people need to be able to buck the social pressure that is really existent and and, and say their own opinion that's like crystal clear within israeli defense literature i i, I don't know where he's getting that from yeah I, well, you know you know i like the paper uh, but that's nonsense
1: yeah um, okay, and then let's see, avoidance versus approach. Now, um, I'm, this is like sort of the so, um, you know, approach an approach emotion, for example, would be anger and and an avoidance emotion would be maybe fear or anxiety. So um, uh, self censorship focuses on silence or the withholding or avoidance of an action. That's what he that's what he's saying. But conformity. In contrast, implies an action acting or reacting in line with the majority. So, self censorship is a withdrawal where uh, uh, conformity um, would be um, an approach, kind of. Uh, I, I think this is. I I like the idea. It doesn't quite work here.
0: I think it's a uh, false dichotomy. Yeah, yeah. And th- this is quite common amongst academics. They'll try and kind of divide things up in a way that doesn't really work. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like I I would say that um, I would put these things along a spectrum. I put conformity yeah. and obedience on a, on a spectrum, I guess.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure that I can get to uh, conformity as an action. I do get it as an action in the donut example, um, but I don't really get it um, in some of the others. But anyway, um, different reactions to the to the collective. So let's yeah, so this... go back
0: to your example. Like, could conformity oh, yeah. be an action? Could it be a non-action? Well, let's say um, the social pressure is not to ask a question in class, right? But you're asleep,
1: right? right. <laughs> you mean like all of my students?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. She um, comes to Japan like seriously to yeah. sleep in lectures.
1: Um, okay, so uh, self censorship leads to the withholding and concealing of information from the collective. Conformity, on the other hand, leads to an adoption of the collective's majority views so either in form or in uh either superficially or more uh, deeply Um, so self-censorship leads to withholding and concealing from the collective conformity leads to adoption of the collective um motivation uh, the principal motivation in self-censorship is to protect the group. In the case of conformity, the primary motivation is always to protect one's self.
0: I would argue that the primary motivation is always to protect oneself in both cases.
1: Mm, yeah. For most
0: people, most of the time.
1: Yeah, I'm, I mean, I think that, um, I think it's lovely to say that, uh, you know, you're self-censoring you know for the good of the greater good or whatever but i think it might be hard you know
0: you might might be be, hard pressed you might be justifying it to yourself or to others right Right. and i have no doubt that that's actually true for some people sometimes but generally speaking i think all of this stuff is personally motivated
1: yeah again maybe just out out of fear right yeah Um, yeah. And and that fear can be very real. Like uh, we're not suggesting oh, yeah. that the fear is not. No, really, no, no, yeah, no, but, no, 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 no. Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean.
0: nobody's after, after you. you. Right? Yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, knowledge. Um, and this is the informational conformity. So um, they're saying that uh, in informational conformity, individuals accept the view um, as reflecting reality. I, I'm not sure I really uh, believe that. I don't know that people necessarily um, accept it as reality. I think maybe they accept it because they're saying, I don't know enough. I'm going to defer. I don't think that's the same thing as necessarily, I'm going to now believe that. But anyway, uh, that they're yielding to the, to the, uh, the informed other, but in self-censorship, the information that the individual uh, holds is clear to them. So, and the, the wish, the wish is to prevent valid knowledge. So in informational conformity, you're yielding to valid knowledge, but in self censorship, you're preventing valid knowledge. That's what he's arguing here. So, um, I wrote down, um, that, that wouldn't, I don't believe that that would be true. Um, so I wrote down, um, you know um, that would apply to research knowledge um what about when we're afraid to share uh research knowledge um you know
0: well just like the, the last paper we did when they kept saying we're not writing about critical social justice right right, right. <laughs> clearly were and they we were yeah. just afraid to say it right so they were they right. were self-censoring to a degree i mean i think they were kind of nudge nudge wink wink um
1: so i don't i think I'm not sure that, that, I don't know that. So, yeah. So that article, for example, they, um, they wanted to advance knowledge. They found a way to advance knowledge, um, by maybe conforming, right. To some
0: extent, but still, um, and To be fair, if they hadn't, it probably wouldn't have got published
1: right Oh, I'm sure not, yeah, yeah,
0: so I mean, you can look at yeah. that as okay, we had to do this kind of slightly underhand thing, Dems the rules right <laughs> you know, it would have been worse had they not have done because we wouldn't have ever read it, right um um,
1: and so then they you know they're also arguing that it's or you know the the author's also arguing that it doesn't. Um, that self censorship is not obedience because obedience refers to the blind execution of orders. But self censorship refers to the withholding of information um, on a person's own initiative without receiving explicit orders to do so.
0: so yeah, that's an important caveat, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from the critical social justice types i've come across um like you don't want to reveal information to them like um you don't want to tell them that no you're not the victim here for example you know that they're not the victims um even though that's kind of important information that they need to hear (laughs) yeah i'm serious like seriously like yeah. especially yeah. the I'm, I'm not talking about the ones who would stand up and say i'm exhausted and then go on because clearly yeah. they know that they're not the victims otherwise they they, would... it, they wouldn't be doing that right because if you're in a really racist environment nobody would give a fuck right. and right. That, either they wouldn't so even they wouldn't care or they'd start throwing tomatoes at you and like yeah you're right you know so, so, so they know that's clearly a dishonest act um but the real victims of um social critical social justice ideology are basket case i mean the people who go along with it and believe it is real are basket cases i mean have you ever met one have you, do you know any like especially young people who will lock themselves up in their room because they believe that everything is sac- sexist racist homophobic mm-hmm. and terrified of going outside um you know i i've i've known these people i, I and they absolutely i'm one of them that I, I i knew quite well um really nice person really switched on intelligent um yeah. in in the orbit of a narcissist and um this person believed that everything was racist and and and, and homophobic and the rest of it and that everyone was out to get that person and Basically, had a mental breakdown as a consequence—a a really serious mental breakdown—and I, I, I don't know what what is happening to them right now, and I really hope the best for them. But they believe that they were a victim of me rather than the than the narcissist who was feeding them all this validation. Right. You yeah. really being oppressed, y- you know. Um, so there is a difference. Um,
1: they have this very. Uh, re- the author has this very complicated um uh model here
0: yes it was um, rather complicated
1: <laughs> yeah it's
0: um the
1: vignette oh no i meant them uh on page 56 their little
0: uh oh yeah that one the the diagram yeah yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: the diagram yes of uh
0: so it's a bit um
1: you know i mean they, they got it all in there's a lot of factors in there so um, there's a lot to test on on the, in the, the future um so um i'm just kind of you know the, they're getting to this point of the the positive consequences of self-censorship so basically you know mostly in this article it's been you know negative sort of talking about yeah i mean yeah um and now they're saying you know um, it allows for the maintenance of positive self-image, positive social identity, prevents potential harm to the in-group from outside parties, increases unity and solidarity by preventing disagreements, controversies, and schisms. So, um, so,
0: so let's let's conclude, right? Where what would that be good for? So, of course, like these behaviors wouldn't exist if there wasn't an adaptive dimension to them, right? Um, Absolutely, they would, they would have dropped out of the gene pool. Yes. um so when would so self censorship is clearly important to a degree right and we started the podcast by saying if your boyfriend wife girlfriend whatever gets a haircut and you think it looks not very good right do you tell them immediately do you try and or not at all, you know, not at all? yeah right you know? maybe you'll just think oh it will grow Um, And then when it's grown out, you can tell them maybe so they don't get it done again.
1: Or you just say, oh, your hair, I really like your hair this way. Yes. And you never had to tell them that you
0: didn't like it the other way. Like the scheming Machiavellian you are, Spivak. Yes. Um, (laughs) um, So so, so clearly there is an adaptive side to self-censorship in any context. Right. Um, And it's something that we do at least several times a day. However, there's clearly negative um self-censorship i mean i i guess we could talk about um evergreen do you know evergreen where the one mm-hmm. brett weinstein yeah and there must be loads of people know, there who know that that place has gone to hell um, yes. and they didn't speak out and now right. the institution has deteriorated to a, a sad state and yeah. will in continue
1: fact, in fact I'm not sure. I think that they have done a couple of searches for a new president and have been unable to. They've had a temporary,
0: you know, uh, they can't even hire a new leader, I think. Right. So it so, will harm, yeah. you know, if you go along with all the nonsense and you don't speak out against it, well, it will benefit you to a limited degree. You'll be safe, maybe. Or, or maybe not, like in the case with your case, where they just, just made stuff up about you. you know? Right. Um, yeah. So you might not be, but but you may, you know, you stand a better chance of being safe. Maybe you won't attract the ire of the mob. But eventually, if that mob continues, then it will destroy the context you exist in
1: exactly and and i think that there's a an argument to be made that especially in academia that is exactly what's happening
0: oh it's exactly what's happening yeah that
1: yeah that it's it's you know it's consuming itself it's you know um it's um it's like the it's i don't know it's it's an ugly you know dirty mess and um and and no one is really safe um even though you know yeah no one what is was, really safe. It
0: was the same thing in Mao's China. OK, When well, I'm not saying that we're being killed, but it's the same psychological process that's going on. Right. There there are these purges yes. and they they want to target people who are genuinely guilty of homophobia and racism. They, that's who they'll first go for. But the, the 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 supply of those people doesn't match the demand. Right. Because um, There aren't very many people like that. And if there are, I'm sure there are some but they will self-censor because they know what the consequence of speaking out will be. Um, And so they just have to invent victims, you know, they have to invent them. Mm -hmm. You know, in my case, they said I was a a homophobic psychopath who had bullied students, gay students. I've never bullied any students, let alone gay ones. Um, But um, you know, um, so, you know, self-censorship, it might keep you safe for a while, but the, the whole of academia is being and not just academia legacy media social media oh, is being right it's being guided yeah. by these people
1: so and your, the most, and the most the society that you're the little the collective the group the in-group that you're protecting becomes less and less worthy of protection although i'm not sure that uh the people that that would in- increase people's willingness to speak out because i think that we get back to the existential threat. Right. And so, you know, it's like you close ranks even more and you're, you know, you're less and less willing maybe. So.
0: (laughs) So it's adaptive on the individual level in the short term, not so much in the medium to long term. Because you're destroying, yes. you're destroying your own environment, basically. Yes, by, you're by destroying not the very,
1: the very thing that you're trying to protect beyond yourself. Right? Mm-hmm. You're you're actually destroying, and and I think to some extent, you know, those of us who self censor, I think, you know, um, it destroys some of us a little bit of us sometimes too, depending on our yes. own personalities and and the our own know style of adapting um to the environment i think it can be very detrimental to our own and i mean and that's again that's what the author was saying early on that you know sharing really is um a useful productive you know thing for the individual and for the group and so now we're kind of circling back around to that to say you know it, it is it can be um the, the self-censorship, it's harmful to the group in the long term, it's harmful to the individual in the long term, you know. Um,
0: we can't be just, you. It's not,
1: you it's can't not be adaptive. You. Yeah. No. It's adaptive in the moment, but not adaptive in the long term.
0: And so you're you, kind of at this kind of evolutionary dilemma, right? We've got this set of behaviours that are adaptive in the short term and may be adaptive in the long term for a select few individuals who really know the ideology and well no actually because most of them don't know the ideology they just yeah, parrot yeah. kind of nonsense um but 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 who can be seemingly pious you know um but it's yeah it's just destroying destroying context it's destroying academia it's destroying legacy media it's destroying the corporate world i mean you look at what's happening to disney at the moment with their stocks and the, the, the viewership of their programs um so you know uh, at some point you have to stand up to it but then you know would we recommend that people stand up to it that's <laughs> the point
1: so i was very interested um you know that, that so at the towards the end of the paper here they're talking about um um a uh, longitudinal study and they have you know several measures general support for self-censorship support for self-censorship during israel's operation of pillar defense in the gaza strip support for self-censorship in other nations right-wing authoritarianism these are all things that they're measuring ethnocentrism and then i have never i do not i've never heard this so the third selected antecedent so a uh, an individual difference variable is basically what they're saying you know like we were talking the last couple of podcasts about the dark triad this would be um you know um a version of that, an individual difference measure um, specific to you know the, the participants, um, a siege mentality, which reflects the generalized social, uh, I'm sorry, societal belief that the whole world is against the in group, deep feelings of threat and a sense of the of collective victimhood. So this is a a scale that this particular author had developed in 1992 apparently i did not have time to look it up but i'm very interested in that uh in that measure
0: so that's what i was talking about earlier on when i was saying that there's never really been a time when israel hasn't been at war Mm -hmm. right That, that there is very much a siege mentality they believe and they're right to believe in my opinion um that if You know if the countries that surround israel thought that they could get away with attacking them they would attack them i mean they would like to wipe israel off the map and say so you know iran says so um and so that does create a sense of correctly i think create a sense of victimhood um they're correct to believe that um yeah with critical social justice what it does is it manipulates a sense of victimhood so it looks at things that are real such as racism um and it seeks to kind of amplify that sense of victimhood. You know, it, it tries to say things like, you know, okay, um, the civil rights movement happened, great progress was made against explicit racism. All of that's wonderful. Thank you very much. But, and this is, you know, really, D'Angelo is the one who is most popular for making this clear, although, you know, they all do this. But there is this kind of subliminal racism that is existing mm-hmm. and, and, and then the, you know in my case I was accused of being unconsciously racist um, right so my yeah. accuser didn't think that I believed in a hate group or I was part of the KKK my accuser would have thought that I completely am opposed to all of that stuff you know of right. course but I'm nevertheless guilty of implicit racism and so yeah I think generating this sense one of the most of, common sense of accusations
1: yeah 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 I'm sure and, that's what um, was leveled
0: at you as well Um,
1: oh yes
0: or or maybe not I I don't know Um, oh yes or or maybe both in fact because you were you know (laughs)
1: both exactly it's both you know like even if if you're not even if you're not an actual racist well then you're you know you're
0: unconscious. so so, so they are they are and this is why this is why I do think that, that that Machiavellian narcissists are behind this right because I don't because I have seen the victims of this the victims of the ideology who are in in the ideology um both as a a true believer and in the good graces of people in the ideology so nobody's trying to cancel them right um and they're absolute basket cases they're a complete mess they don't want to talk about what they're being made victim to because they genuinely believe they're victims and they have all of the anxiety and everything you know everything that goes along with being a genuine victim they're they are victims they're not victims of people like you and i victims of the machiavellian narcissists and then the Machiavellian, again, this is anecdotal, but the Machiavellian narcissist types will say that they're victims. They'll get up and at length, give you a PowerPoint presentation and talk their way through it. But they won't exhibit any of the behavior behavioural patterns that are well understood to be associated right. with victim. But there's no anxiety. There's no kind of stuttering. There's no... Um, sense of threat that the body language is very confident you know well, they the we were north. talking
1: about you know the 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 virtuous victim right mm. they are actually empowered by their victimhood um and so i would just be really interested in comparing this uh, siege mentality measure to the virtuous victimhood um and some of those um uh measures that we talked about um in the in the other in the previous two sure um, i just i i just think it would be it would be really interesting cuz i i had not heard of of that uh, particular measure. Um, so um, anyway, again, this is where once again, they found that, um, you know, the the participants, you know, said that, um, you know, people who disclose, uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry, that self-censorship was negatively related to support for democratic values constructive patriotism you know that it's you know anti-liberal right uh self-censorship but um again that you know um they're going to do it you know for the greater good so it's good it's bad for others but um but i'm going to choose you know i'm going to choose to do it so the self-censorship factor was negative related negatively related so negatively correlated, to support for uh, abstract democratic values, okay, to patriotism, and so negative relationship between self-censorship and constructive patriotism, negative, uh, a positive relationship between self-censorship and support um, for, oh no, negative, and support for universalistic values. Breaking the Silence, Uh, was positively correlated to abstract democratic values, constructive patriotism, and support for universalistic values. It was negatively uh, correlated with conformity, right-wing authoritarianism, blind patriotism, and support for a group narrative.
0: Wait, does that mean we're not right-wing authoritarians?
1: (laughs) I believe it does, yes. Who would have
0: thunk it?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Who would have thought? Um, so, um, so that so they kind of conclude this. You know, interestingly, um, I, I thought it was kind of interesting that that this uh, that this article concluded with essentially a um, you know a, a survey, individual differences kind of correlational kind of thing. You know, sort of again harkening back to the you know, the the dark triad articles where they're just trying to figure out, you know, who these, you know, who individuals are as, you know, while the art, you know, what kinds of individuals do this while the article was, you know, sort of framing itself at the beginning as, um, you know, what are the social constructs that cause that, are related to this. They sort of end with what are the personal constructs, the you know personality and individual differences. Um, and again, I I, I can't help. I, I always feel the need to say I'm I'm probably you know boring you and and anybody. <laughs> if we're not, we've bored everybody else by now. But um, you know, I just I I just feel the need to say that you know I I just don't think we should alienate or um, or demonize any um, individual difference variables, whether that's, you know, personality or, you know, some of these, um, you know, more or less, uh, individualistic, more or less, um, you know, uh, constructive patriotism. I think there's, there's value in, in, you know, in variety and differences. And, and so, um, you know, I, I, I enjoy, I, I I enjoyed this article. I think that there's, um, some, uh, some of the things like annoyed me. And that's one of the things that annoyed me that they ended on this individual differences kind of personality kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, topic.
0: Yeah. I I think as liberals, um, you know, it may be that certain personality types predict for different behaviors, some of the time it doesn't mean that some you have time those time. Right. it's not predetermined we're not like right. know, from an Isaac Asimov book where we, you know, we can do a test of your personality traits and that means that you're going to be an evil person um, right. no and the evidence doesn't support that um, it does take all sorts and if you're a bit Machiavellian um, and you know how to get one over on these people who are really messing up our institutions we could do with your help <laughs> <laughs> We really could and, because yeah, you know it yeah. takes sometimes it takes fire to fight fire. Honestly, exactly, um, and, exactly. And, and 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 yeah, and we are in,
1: in we are in some ways in a siege environment, and and so when you're in that kind of environment, uh, you know, you, you know, again, circling back to where we started, right, 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 you know, it it you know different kinds of personalities, different kinds of behaviors, different kinds of um, you know of speaking out or self censorship are are useful valid um you know really good tools so right and and let's also
0: admit fault with our ourselves and people that we've been allied with right that 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 some of them have gone a bit crazy and have gone down a kind of their own ideological rabbit hole and it's hard sometimes like chris rufo would be one who will do some really good on point stuff against critical social justice but then is not will do some dishonest stuff as well right he'll allege that they did stuff or said stuff they didn't do or exaggerate or use their own tactics against them it works you know he's highly effective in that um but i'm not comfortable with that and Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna Mm -hmm. you know i I, i'm not going to be the kind of person who doesn't speak out about stuff like that um so you know the, the, the 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 pressure to conform um it's not just only on the critical social justice types. It it happens within the resistance as well, I think. Um and if we want to be better, we have to stand up to that as well. So groupthink is something that can not groupthink, we're talking about conformity or you know, self-censorship. Mm-hmm. But it's something that we're guilty of as well. Um and we have to be yeah. vigilant to Yeah.
1: And I think that um I think there there's I think there's something in the um I don't think we want to call ourselves whistleblowers, but I do think that when we do, when we do find the courage, um, an opportunity, if you will, to, to speak up, that I think maybe sometimes we it, we should. There's an obligatory uh, explanation that should come with it: that I am speaking up because I care about the group, and I I wonder if that, um, you know, that that might uh, there might be a way to speak up. And remind people of that
0: you know i, I have to, i hate to say this but i you know like <laughs> in my experience like i always framed i always framed like my objection to kind of critical social justice and woke ideology you know, as, as saying look as somebody that is from the left mm-hmm. I, you know, I wasn't even talking about academia I, you know, I was talking about the left more broadly um this is going to destroy us Unless we recognize this problem and speak out against it. And it doesn't, doesn't I, help. I was just called alt-right. Yeah. 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 Well, was, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I guess when you, you know, when, you know, when you think about when you tell your kids, you know, I'm doing this because I love you, it doesn't work either. So.
0: No, no, <laughs> sadly not. Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, but. We are, but we are
1: doing it because we but we are doing it out of love we you you and i and and people that we know we we really are speaking out
0: out it doesn't benefit me right you know i would be so much better off financially um career wise if i'd use the knowledge that i do have about this ideology in favor of the ideology Mm -hmm. um i I know people who are doing way better than me that 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 don't really know about the stuff and yet they're banging the drum all the time Mm -hmm. um so you know i i don't know why i'm doing it i i I feel like but i don't know i i I think i must have some sense of i'm trying to be a hero that's what i think it is right that's what i think i'm trying to do yeah um
1: yes we we did we did a podcast about that too
0: we did we did trying to be a hero um and a lot of them are trying to be heroes as well yes um not all of them but a lot of them are so we we
1: definitely saw ourselves in that article yeah we did
0: we did we did (laughs) all right on that note keep fighting the good fight thank you very much all right let's end there